0: bitch chewing chomping kibbles Coming home from your work They knock you down, give you nibbles Fall asleep in your bed Then they go steal on the covers Then they wake you up Before in the a.m. They gotta go pee and you gotta go take them, I love it I know retrievers, who know retrievers? Who caught a ball thrown by people? I say go fetch it, she say I fetched it, I say no bitch, I say fetch it, <sighs> and they're so pretty, using that special shampoo with the groomers for kitties, and I give you the bone you can chew, I throw it across the yard and you yelping like banshee. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes! 100 yeah. band, 100 band, Gucci gang, Gucci gang, Gucci gang. Hello, welcome to Texture, I'm Josh Gaines everyone, so glad you could join us this week. Oh, it's good to be silly, it's... It's just good to be silly. Hey, to start off with, before we, a couple, a little bit of housekeeping, okay? First of all, I was just going to ask if you're listening to this show right now, maybe this is the first episode you're ever listening to. Maybe you're a longtime subscriber who, you know, who's caught every one of them anyway, or somewhere in between. Whatever that is, would you please, right now, just go to iTunes, go to the little link in your phone in the show notes straight to the page, the texture page, and just leave a review for the show. You can just do stars if you like, hopefully five, possibly less, or and you also, of course, have the option to um, you know, write a little snippet if you like about what you appreciate about the show. But anyway, um for the longest time I didn't want to ask directly for that on the show because it feels sleazy to me somehow or just petty and something, But, you know, it's not. And those reviews really help me look better on the ranks for iTunes. And anyway, you probably know that. So if you would be willing, please, right now, uh, before you forget, and so, so that you don't forget, just go leave a review for Texture, and you can do it while you're listening. And I'm very grateful for that. And that will help me bump up the ranks. That will help the show get some more attention. And just notoriety, and that that helps it over time. And I'm very grateful for that. So, and if you like the show and want to support it in a free, easy way that takes 30 seconds, please do so. Thanks for that. On another note, um, I had a a short story released. Okay, some of you, most of you, probably know that I write. Um, that I've been writing for a handful of years now, six or seven years, I guess writing fiction, and I've um, had one book put out in print, and then a couple of short stories and literary uh, anthologies, Um, and then I've self-published a few short stories of wildly varying genres. Um, There's one that's like a crime western in modern day that is kind of about this weird get-rich-quick scheme. There's one about a woman who stitches bath towels end to end and she lives in uh, northern Colorado or, or southern Colorado and, and uh, anyway, just like kind of an obsessive person. I've written one about a um, obsessive serial, uh, not a killer, but like a um, someone who injures people in pretty radically messed up ways. Uh, because he gets a weird thrill from that and there's a voice in his head that tells him to keep doing it And he also loves to study predatory animals because there's like this metaphor that he is a predatory animal himself And that one's a little more on the like Flannery O'Connor side with some interesting psychological and, and even spiritual overtones But anyway, I've written some stories I'm really proud of all of them and I recently wrote a spooky, scary Um, demented horror story for, uh, the, the witching season here, which is just past, of course, uh, October. It actually came out like two weeks ago, but here we are. Anyway, the story, the short story is called White Bark, and I put a link directly to it in the show notes of this episode. So again, easily, you can just click that and get right to it. It's, it's only 19 pages and it's only in digital form. There's no hard copy version. But the nice thing is uh, it's av- available for iBooks on Apple phones or it's also on Amazon Kindle. And even if you do not have a Kindle ebook reader, there is a free Kindle app. And guess what? I put a link for that too in the show notes. There's a free Kindle app that works on iPhone, works on Android, works on desktop, PC, Mac, all that stuff, so that you can easily read digital titles from Amazon uh, right there without having to purchase a Kindle reader. So all that to say, I know that's a lot of inertia um, just to get to the point here, but um, I wrote a short story, and this one, White Bark, I actually wrote it two years ago, in Telluride while on a, a f- sort of little family trip there And just hiking around in uh, kind of the fall In Telluride, Colorado in, Which is a beautiful little valley city And yet it was mostly overcast And it was pretty chilly while we were there And on these mountain hikes there's tons of aspen trees And they—I I have always thought Or at least in recent years thought that aspen trees just have this sinister appearance because the sort of black scratchy uh, place where their their branches fall off and when they die and the tree kind of ages and grows, that that little, it looks like an eye shape and it turns black. And that like there are times in the forest when you're completely surrounded by aspen trees and it, you can sort of like, especially if you're by yourself, kind of pause in the stillness of the forest and look around, and feel like there are all these eyes on you. And it's so. It is from that sort of uh, sensation that this story was birthed, and it's about uh, a young boy who is um, sort of. I don't know if differently abled would be the right term or mentally challenged. I didn't have anything specific in mind, maybe on the autism spectrum. I mean, it's not its not defined and it doesn't matter. But uh, the young boy is the narrator, and so everything is from his perspective. And um, the, the prose, you'll notice, is sort of intentionally bad and choppy and um, as if coming from the mouth of not only a young child, but also a child with... Just some mental, um, not they're not all the way there. So, and this this young boy lives on a um, sort of ranch with his grandfather deep in the woods, in an unspecified place, and um, some things start to go wrong pretty quickly, and it's pretty clear that there is a, a very sinister edge to this, and um, then it then it takes a full deep dive into some territory that, I mean, some of you um, will find delightfully fun and just spooky and, and creepy and, and move right on. Others of you will, will be like, oh my gosh, that's horrific. That's terribly dark or like, anyway, so I'm, I'm saying too much. I should let you get a, a perception. Actually, I'm just trying to sell the story a little bit. So if you're interested, please go pick up a copy, a digital copy of my new short story white bark i'm very proud of it if you like creepy stuff i think you'll enjoy it. it's a quick little read you can do it in one sitting um and yeah and i thank you for that if you do go pick it up so now down to business okay so it's been a little while i keep forgetting i had forgotten for a few episodes there to do a quote but we're back to the quotes sucker. um A couple weeks back, I got to go see in person Anne Lamott. She spoke here in Denver at a a gorgeous, enormous church downtown. This big, like, I don't know if it's gothic or, or I, I couldn't say what the architecture style is. This huge, gorgeous stone, like, craftsman built church in the heart of downtown. I can't even, I can't even fathom. What that real estate must be worth. I know that's a silly way to think about it, but Denver's market is so insane. Anyway, and it's beside the point. Anne Lamott came and spoke at this gorgeous church with a three-story organ behind her. I mean, it's like it's it's kind of absurd the ornateness that goes into these churches. Like anyway, but it's beautiful and it was great. And she spoke and it was awesome. And she was on a book tour promoting her new volume of essays, which is called Almost Everything Notes on Hope. And I've been reading it and it's beautiful. And Anne Lamott is still knocking it out of the park and inspiring young folks and old folks and in between across the world. Anyway, she is a gem, as you know, I've quoted her here before and and that's where our quote comes from today is from Anne Lamott's new book, Almost Everything. And it's pertinent to what we're talking about today. Okay, quote, we can change. People say we can't, but we do when the stakes or the pain is high enough. And when we do, life can change. It offers more of itself when we agree to give up our busyness. End quote. And that feels particularly pertinent to me lately, only because my personal life is kind of like this controlled chaos uh, that's been happening since about August. And it, it's mostly good, but it is just a lot of changes and, and scary new territory. And I've, and I've talked about that here. So, um, But this is beautiful to me, this quote and this idea. Of life offering more of itself When we give up our busyness Because I feel like America For sure Is is built on busyness It's built on productivity It's built on you Making your own way In the world And You know It's like our society and culture um, Shuns those Who are Not getting out and making a name for themselves and if you've listened to this show then then you know how I feel about all that I've talked about that plenty but that concept really is so true of you know I think I think sometimes the reason for the busyness that the reason for the hustle and the, the the feeling that we have to do all the things and work really hard and work overtime and just use up 20 hours of the day and hardly ever sleep and all these things and build up a 401k and build up savings and build up wealth and a house and all these things for ourselves. Um, Because we think that that is the way to get more life is like more things, more money, more the, the idea of security through money and through possessions you know, I think I think on some level we hustle because we think it'll make us more safe. It'll make us more secure. And there's probably, if you're like me, this mindset of like, well, I'm working hard now so that eventually I can rest, you know. And I just, more and more, especially in the last year, I am coming to a place of just not buying into that shit whatsoever. That I don't... I don't think that's the way that humans were meant to, to operate or to live and that when you boil it down and when you sort of take a look at others, other people's lives, especially perhaps the elderly who have uh, sort of had their their run, their go at this and maybe those people who did that very thing, maybe maybe family members of yours that you can think of who have chased and driven and just you know Climbed the ladder Their whole lives And they're Fucking miserable man Or they're embittered Or they just feel like You know Life or the universe Is against them And that they had to hustle To like get their own And they're still Crabby about it Because nothing is ever enough And even if they got All the things And won all the prizes And the toys And like they're They, they have this Cushy existence in in the you know the winter years of life that like you know there's just this huge disappointment it seems in in most cases when people arrive there so and just think about this a little bit or i mean look at other cultures or look at past periods of of mankind i mean there are cultures that just don't idolize success and busyness the way that we do and I think some cultures have it much better in terms of just being much more communal much more human centric as opposed to work centric or business centric to where everything does not come down to the importance of the dollar everything doesn't come down to pardon me, the, the importance of what you've built and that, that relates to what I wanted to talk, to talk about today with the meditation stuff because I feel like meditation is just one huge puzzle piece or one huge factor that can combat the busyness of American life if you find yourself being susceptible to that. And um, anyway, I would encourage you, don't take my word for it, just like take a step back And look at what our country is presenting and has presented for at least since the 50s, at least since like post-war, post-World War II, kind of when America was getting back on its feet and that the economy started to get rolling again. And since we weren't in wartime, the opportunity for work and growth and just capitalism and, and all these things started getting humming along with some momentum. And that, in and of itself, is not necessarily bad. I mean, we are living the the benefits of that. We're beneficiaries of that time. But um, if you take a step back and just look at what America is presenting, I mean, every commercial, advertisements are all over the place, selling us things, telling us that we need things to be happy, you know. And and it's just like it's really sneaky the the way that these things get in, and then just the the attitudes of the, just the overarching business mindedness of America, where there are so many people, so many suits in so many offices, and so many CEOs who their sole mindset it has nothing to do with other human beings being on this temporary existence. On this organic planet That is floating in space No, it's What's my dollar, uh, you know, what's my bottom line For this quarter What are my losses, where do I need to cut Corners, Where? how can we maximize Our profit And I don't care if we use shit material Or I don't care who The laborers are at the bottom Who get stripped of Benefits or get less pay You know, it's all about this business And I'm going to take what's mine, and I'm going to use this power, and I don't give a fuck who I screw over in the meantime. And, you know, there are so many people in our country living that out. I know that's a very um, sort of like cynical, cutthroat, greedy uh, uh, presentation of that, and I know that there are much more subtle ideas of that all around. But just anyway, all that to say, um, my wife recently ribbed me a little bit for, for going on rants and for getting on a soapbox on this show. But I mean, it is my show and these are the things I believe and think about and care about. So, you know, you don't have to listen. That's optional. Anyway, I realize that's kind of a rant and I just, I'm becoming more and more repelled and opposed to, to the ideals of America because they're really just not good. And they're really not human centric. They're not community centric, they're not love centric. And it's just easy to get caught up in the inertia of this, to be because we're so surrounded by it that it's very easy to think, without even meaning to, without even trying or or without even thinking about it, to just be like, oh yeah, well I I better do that too. I better get moving. I better, I better build up my 401k, I better have a retirement. I better, you know, try to make some more money. This year, I better, all these things. And it's just like, wait a minute, wait a minute, hold on. That is a facet of human existence. That is a facet of life that is on some level necessary. Sure, we need to have an income and take care of our family and and provide for ourselves and eat and and sleep under a roof and all those things. Sure, that's fine. I'm not anti-capitalism. All that to say, the busyness, just back to the busyness. You know, this is exhausting. Especially if you go and do it for 65 years. Dude, you're going to be burnt out by retirement. And it's just, it, it pains me to see people who kind of burn out their lives right now They just push so hard and they, they do not take time for actual good rest, you know, and, and by rest, I don't necessarily mean, um, chilling on the couch in the evening, watching Netflix. That is rest kind of, that is restful and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that, but rest in a sense of like calming your mind down, taking a breath. Taking a moment to not look at or listen to anything, um, to not be on your phone, to not have music or a podcast on, to not be reading a book or watching a show or on your computer, but to just like be in the living room or be outside, be in the yard, be in a park, um, be on a hike, and there's there's so little space in our current society. For just stillness and quiet and contemplation And actual rest to your body Rest that just sort of takes stock of the present of your surroundings And soaks it in a bit And meditation Meditation is something that I started practicing um, About a year ago now And it was first at the recommendation of my friend, Stefan, who had started in the midst of a really horrific time of his life and found it very helpful. And then I kind of did for a minute and then forgot about it and just didn't didn't ever make it a habit. And then in the course of counseling, um, almost exactly a year ago in October 2017, my therapist very early on recommended it again. And that time it stuck. And it at first it was a really, um, well, not really, just a, a challenging um, habit to integrate into life on a daily basis, like every single day, including the weekend, to carve out anywhere from 3 to 15 minutes for just nothing but silence. And at first it's it takes a while to get, some some into this rhythm of meditation, and in uh, there are different blends and brands of this, and and there's transcendental meditation, which which usually involves a uh, a mantra that you speak out loud, or sometimes a prayer, or like a like a thing that you recite. Um, in my case, I, I suppose I don't even know what the brand of it would be. It, it doesn't really matter. I suppose the sort of mindfulness meditation, which which just means it's, it's truly nothing more than just sitting down or standing and closing your eyes and focusing on your breath and um, just clearing your, clearing your head and, and watching for when thoughts come up and sort of just letting them pass instead of grabbing onto them. So it feels very strange at first to begin this because it, you sit there for three minutes to start. I started with short amounts of time and one you realize how long 3 or 5 minutes is when you're doing nothing and you realize what a crazy monkey brain you have that is just jumping all over the place grabbing for you know ideas and thoughts and worries and and just excitement and it's it's actually very hard at first to just get your brain to shut up for a second. Once, once you realize, I mean, I, I realized after a short while, and I, in particular, I use a, an app called Headspace, which you've probably heard of. It's gotten really popular lately. And it just, if anything, you certainly don't need an app. But the app just kind of gives you an excuse, and it gives you a little schedule and like the timer with a very peaceful <clears throat> voice and kind of a guide to take you through the early ones, if you like. The app is just a nice way of keeping track of it. But you you realize after a while that the point of it is so simple that it almost doesn't have a point, at least, well, it certainly has a point, but it doesn't have an agenda while you're there, while you're meditating, because we're so, we Americans can be so insistent on like having an an end product or or if we're gonna give our time to something then we better get something back for it you know and meditation is the opposite of that because while it absolutely is beneficial to you and your brain and mind and heart and even the way that you interact with other people it feels so simple that it almost feels like nothing is happening and that's precisely right sometimes um I really love that I've heard uh, other authors like Ramdas you know talk about how when you get to the end of a meditation session that either you know you might feel great you might feel like you were distracted the whole time you might feel like you were pushing with your brain to try to get to some you know little sliver of profundity or like some little moment of feeling like it was worthwhile and he's like all of those are great meditation sessions like even if you spend the entire time grumpy that you're meditating even if you spend the entire time distracted by how irritated you are with one family member or something um, that he's just like okay yes and then you just accept that and you go okay that was my meditation for today and you move on and you embrace it and that's it, because it didn't need to bring you anything more than that And that tomorrow you'll go again and maybe it will be different And the, the more that you can just not expect anything from it um, Probably the more success you will have And listen, I, I know meditation, for the longest time it sounded so froofy to me Even as someone who kind of likes froofy things Um, it just sounded like, I I remember thinking like, okay, yeah, I don't need that. I'm already a pretty peaceful person. I'm already a pretty calm person. Um, I'm, you know, I do take time to be quiet and pray or go on walks or journal or whatever it is. And I just, in earlier years, in like my earlier, early twenties, I would say, I just thought like, yeah, okay, I don't need that. And now it is, absolutely integrated into my day. I do not miss it. Um, as in, I don't skip it ever. And I'm not trying to impress you. It's like, I, I need that time. I have come to look forward to and desire and really cherish that time. Um, I'll, I'll do it in the middle of my work day or sometimes early in the morning before that I do it on the weekend. Um, and the way here is how it has benefited me is that over time, it starts to train you to just not grip on to any of your thoughts, positive or negative, good or bad, wild or, or tame. It just, it trains you to almost view your thoughts as if you're watching a train go by. Um, and that's a, that's a, Metaphor or that's imagery that's used by the headspace app. It's like watching your thoughts go by, okay? As opposed to grabbing a thought and you think about it and you hold on to it and you turn it over and you look at it And you get sometimes stuck on it, especially if it's a negative thought, especially if it's a troubled or anxious or worrisome fretful thought, you know Meditation has taught me that I can recognize that sometimes my brain just gives me some shit that I don't need to dwell on, you know? That that your brain just throws stuff at you that's like, what about this? Maybe you need to be worried about this. Have you ever considered this, Josh? Huh, maybe you need to start stressing about that right now and maybe it needs to ruin your whole day. Or you can be like, brain, shut the fuck up. That's just a thought. And sure, maybe it has truth. Maybe it has validity. Maybe I need to consider that. But for now, I'm doing other things and I'm just going to watch you pass by because you do not matter, dude. Um, So things like that. And that's actually remarkably helpful because it just, I can't describe how much it has leveled my playing field of emotions, if that makes sense. To where, I mean, it doesn't mean I'm flawless. It doesn't mean I don't have moments of stress and and fretting because I'm prone to that anyway. But it just, my my awareness and my my sensor for when I'm dwelling on something that perhaps I don't need to is way higher, way stronger. And I can sometimes, often, like almost on a daily basis, I can just go, oh, yep, that's thinking, that's, that's a negative thought, and just let it go. That's nothing. Um, whereas before, oh my goodness, I would attach to those things hugely, any little, you know, constantly throughout the day, so neurotic, so stressed and so worried, so full of panic and fear and anxiety about the world um, that I would just get, I would just cling on to these thoughts. And just because it was a thought that had come from my brain unconsciously, I would just assume it was true and start to get panicked about my own life or about the world, or about whatever it may be. So helpful for that. It's also helpful in terms of managing emotions when you're interacting with other people, um, especially ones who tick you off, or who you don't agree with, or who are just abrasive and difficult, or, you know, we all have people in our lives that we're not crazy about being with all the time, and meditation has helped in that same sort of awareness radar, To where, you know, if I'm in a scenario, if I'm in a conversation, if I'm about to fire off uh, an emotional email um, response where I actually need to take a few more minutes to consider and, and just actually answer like a normal person instead of pouring a bunch of emotion into it and probably anger in that case. But anyway, I just catch myself far more often. And can just kind of even have more forgiveness, so to speak, for other people. To have more patience and empathy. And just, you know, the things, it's like the highs and lows kind of come to a a middle ground. To where the most intense emotions of like fight or flight don't seem so urgent. Um, To where if you want to argue with someone or if you want to fire back um, a a comment or a a response that is less than kind or that's just emotional or, or, you know what I'm saying. It's helped a lot with that. It's definitely helped anxiety big time. um, Because also it's just extremely beneficial for your body to sit cross-legged on the ground and close your eyes, and straighten your back, and just put your hands on your knees and just focus on your breath and take huge long in breaths and huge long out breaths and you just do that over and over, and when a thought comes up, you just go back to the breath and just in and out and you do that for, I mean I'm up to 15 minutes straight now, daily not every day, but I, I like to go that long if I can and just man, m- most of the time, such a difference. When I'm done, just feel more calm, at peace, not so worried. The things, the things that seemed huge the previous day or a few minutes ago, just don't seem so substantial anymore. Life seems a little more manageable. And I mean, listen, it's not, it's no magic potion. It's no cure all. It's not like a, a perfect solution to all of life, but I have found it to be an extremely healthy addition to my rhythm that is just overall extremely beneficial and kind. And it's made me more kind. It's made me more calm, patient, all that stuff. So pretty much this episode is nothing but me doing a silly puppy rap over Lil Wayne's Mona Lisa and talking to you about meditation and trying you to, to, to get you to buy my book. I felt like it was worth mentioning only because, like I said, it's a part of my daily life. And this show, as you may know, is just about trying to live better and take care of ourselves and be kind to others and just do better in this world and, and try, to, try to be a part of the good in the society that we're in Even though we are surrounded by bad Surrounded by negativity Surrounded by noise and anger And wild opinions and, and big emotional Upsets and meditation Is like an antithesis to all that shit And I'm a huge proponent So I would encourage you to try it Especially if um, Especially if you think it's If it's bullshit Or if you think you don't need it um, You know it might be it might be a really difficult practice for you If if you're an especially um, Like energetic or, or High energy person And you have trouble sitting still And you have trouble calming your mind down um, Dude I, I can't Say enough how I Really think it will be beneficial And please stick with it I mean if you try it You gotta stick with it Please do at least 10 days If you can And also be kind about it Be kind to yourself Don't be like oh fuck I did it like four days and I missed a day. Dang it. Um, just be like, no, that's not the point. It's not a point system. It's, it's, not, a, you know, it's not a competition or a race. No one's grading you. The, you know, all, all this is is just like when you do it, that will probably be a little better for you that day. And if you keep with it, it will definitely be better for you over time. So um, that's pretty much it. Just wanted to tell you about meditation. I love it. I better stop though because my voice has given out. I'm sorry. I've got. I'm getting over a bacterial infection, and in my throat and lungs and sinuses have been wrecked. So sorry if I sound a little scratchy on this one. But uh, yeah. So glad to be here. Love you guys. Um, thank you to my Patreon supporters who are so generously supporting this show, which you can do too by going to Patreon.com slash text your pod and patreon is just a great way of supporting the artists that you like by giving um donating a very small amount of money a month usually about a dollar and then getting access to extra stuff like extra little blog posts or audio snippets extra like little mini episodes that i do and um yeah so you can do that at patreon.com slash text your pod and that helps support the show and I'm so grateful to those of you who do so in the meantime till next time be kind to yourself and be kind to others be aware slow down take a deep breath read a book um, eat a good meal appreciate it put your phone down there's so much good to enjoy so much beauty to take in so much wonder and curiosity to dwell upon this is a good life this is a beautiful life and sometimes the internet can make us feel like it isn't but don't forget that it is because the internet's not life definitely isn't thank god it isn't all right love you guys thank you Bye bye